Well, hello again, and it's uh, 24th of May, 2021, and so the Gaza war is over. Gosh, Gaza is one-tenth the size of Long Island, the most densely populated island in the United States of America, but with a population of 2 million plus in a mere 140 square miles, Gaza is three times as densely populated as Long Island. Think about it. But there is no comparison, of course. Imagine. Imagine putting two million people in a prison. And there is an underlying issue. Organizations like the BBC, the British Broadcasting Corporation, describe this as a war between the Hamas militant group and Israel. Was it this war that's just ended? Hamas may be a militant group, but on the BBC's Today program yesterday morning, the commentator said there is no direct link between what the people of Gaza want and what their Hamas leaders do. Astonishing, isn't it? That degree of ignorance, even from a senior, seasoned journalist, is astonishing. He said there is no direct link between what the people of Gaza want and what their Hamas leaders do. How can he be so ignorant? Look, I mean, sure, the behavior of these people is irrational. Rational, you should knuckle down, shouldn't you, and behave yourself like good little rabbits. Jeremy Bowen, the BBC correspondent, is fond of comparing, lately he's been comparing Gaza to the Isle of Wight. It has, uh, Isle of Wight has a slightly larger land mass. It's 150 square miles as opposed to 140 square miles in Gaza. So, so it's slightly larger than Gaza, <laughs> but the population, 2 million in there. I mean, uh, you could put up a fence around the Isle of Wight, you get some feeling for it, and then cram in 2 million people. It's a blockade by Israel and Egypt. Yes, Egypt equally. It not doesn't it takes two to tango here because Gaza straddles straddles the border between Israel and Egypt. I beautifully beautifully it's a strip of land, narrow but long and and what it means is I mean <laughs> you know this, but added access to its natural resources. Of course the Gaza natural gas reserves are being plundered by Egypt and Israel jointly, but had it access to its natural gas resources and be one of the wealthiest little patches in in the world like the singapore of the middle east uh, but no it doesn't of course it's good yeah and then now and again these people will explode machiavelli i'm I, i'm a great follower of machiavelli i love machiavelli machiavelli you know the, the guy the great medieval strategist he uh, for the Borgias and the like. He he said, you know, you aim at a target. Aim high if you want to hit the target. Always aim high in life. Then Machiavelli. Inspiring, eh? Aim high. He also gave advice to people who have people, who conquer people. He said, you know, conquer them, fine. And hammer them brutally. But then let your hand go and treat them with love and compassion and nice. Be nice to them for a while. Then hammer them again if you want to, but then let your hand go and be nice to them for a while, and they'll be good. But Machiavelli said, never, never, never 
just continue with grinding oppression year in, year out. Well, I'm paraphrasing Machiavelli. He didn't use those words. Because then you will have a seething mass of a population who will be against you. Come on, guys. Come on, Israel. Can't you read Machiavelli? Can't you know how to deal with a subject population? Hammer them if you want to, but then let them breathe. You don't let them breathe. And by the way, Hamas is Palestine. You may not like it, but at the only democratic election in modern history in Palestine, the most extensively monitored election ever, I mean ever, ever, anywhere in history, it was hugely watched and supervised and overviewed by the international community and the people of Palestine. Horror of horrors elected Hamas. Now, of course, we dodge that. We don't acknowledge Ishmael Hani uh, as Gaza's prime, uh, well, as Palestine's prime minister, is what he is, really. And we have our uh, 87-year-old president of Palestine limps on uh, Mars in denying the people of Palestine the vote, which was part of the reason for this explosion. Yes, it was. And, you know, the curiosity... Hamas would not have done well in Gaza had the vote been allowed to go forward, and that would have been humiliating for them because they have been oppressive. But now, now, after this little mini war, Hamas would do well. I'm sorry, in times of crisis, people vote for the incumbent government. So if there were to be an election, and, and yeah, and more to the point, it's a pride issue. If there were to be an election in the West Bank and Gaza, then Hamas would do well. Don't deserve to do well, not by a long chalk, but they would do. Yeah, Abu Mazen didn't want an election, and so he, yeah, he first he offered one, and then he prevaricated. He was frightened of Fatah doing badly. Fatah would do badly because it, quite apart from whether it's even remotely popular. There's the issue that it's virtually split into three parts, so it wouldn't really have a chance. But neither would have Hamas pre this conflagration. There would have been anybody allied to Marwan Barghouti would have done well, actually, to be honest. I mean, phenomenally well. He's, he was the, uh, is the Palestinian Nelson Mandela. All this you know, I'm repeating myself. You've heard this from me before. But what I want to remind you of is the fact that currently there is not a disconnect between Hamas and the people of Palestine. So this recent war was not a mere war between Hamas and Israel. It was a war between Palestine and Israel. Okay, not exactly a, a balanced war in terms of firepower, but in terms of fear, it was balanced up to a degree. Well, it's worse for the people of Gaza. Yeah, but they are resilient and they go on. So what do you think? Can we sustain the status quo? Can we go on limping along with Israel and Palestine just like they are? I don't think so. We need to think fresh. I mean, the risk is that a two-state solution is imposed on the people of Palestine by the government of the state of Israel. I say the risk because an imposed solution, not a negotiated solution, which is the probability as things stand, would mean what? It would mean a three-state solution, I suppose. You have Hamas and Gaza on its own, as against Fatah. 
fatter, you have a fatter dictatorship on the West Bank, you have a mass dictatorship in Gaza, because there's no prospect of election. We're not going to permit. The international community would never, never permit democracy in Palestine again. We cannot tolerate that, and that you must understand. It is an absolute red line for Britain, for America, for France, for Germany. We cannot have democracy in Palestine. Absolutely not. Democracy is only permissible where people behave themselves and vote as we want them to vote. Now, you do understand that. I hope you understand that. It's fundamental. So there will not be democratic elections in Palestine. If they were to take place, well, <laughs> Hamas has saved its bacon by the skin of its chinny-chin-chin. It would do okay. Fatter will do it abysmally, whatever. But the real winner, of course, would be Marwan Baghouti, who would sweep the board as far as presidential side of things are concerned. I know him, by the way. I mean, he's a genuinely decent man. I'm not saying this other. I know him well. He would he would always have time for you, just like Arafat. You know, Arafat had time for you. Arafat would give you a couple of minutes, but in those couple of minutes, he'd have his hand on your shoulder or on your knee, and he would be looking into your eyes, and he'd listening intently to every word you said, and then you'd be ushered out. And so, but he really focused on you, which he's a charismatic man. Barghouti had some of that quality. Give you time. He'd listen to you. He wouldn't have much time, but he'd give you time. You could always get hold of Marwan Barghouti. So these are great charismatic men, unlike the current leadership of Palestine, which is atrophied, dead, and non-existent. But maybe that's what people want, you see. That's what people like. But the danger is an imposed solution, and a difference, uh, difference between an imposed solution and a negotiated solution is, of course, the Jordan Valley. You'd lose the Jordan Valley, and you lose pretty much everything, I guess, under an imposed solution. How unfortunate that would be. Some Palestinians dream of a one-state solution now, and there is no possibility of it. That is completely out of the question. Completely out of the question forever. Don't even go there because it's pointless. It's existential for Israel. And by the way, this has been an existential war for Israel. Israel has been hugely threatened by the rockets from Hamas. Don't underrate that. It's scary. It's very scary for Israelis. And this is the Jewish homeland. This is the only thing they have. The Jewish people have the state of Israel. It was it was the product of the Second World War, of the Holocaust, and of the misery that the Jews suffered. And we are all Zionists. My friend Neil Patrick reminded me of that the other day. We are all Zionists. You know, Biden is a Christian Zionist. We are all Zionists. We all believe in the state of Israel, a homeland for the Jews. It's got to be. So the viability of that state is essential, but on some sort of principled basis. And the principled basis is a two-state solution. A one-state solution is out of the question. So we have to have a two-state solution. In other words, we have to have a state of Palestine. That's it. And we do in, in theory, but the United States of America doesn't recognize it, nor does the United Kingdom of Britain and Northern Ireland. No, we don't recognize Palestine as a state, but it's there. It exists. De facto, it is a state, but de facto, it's a state with very frail. I mean, it's it's a non-viable state, really. So 
We need a viable Palestinian state. Are we going to get Israel to shift out of all its settlements? Are we going to get them up? They ought to leave Ariel. Goodness sake, it looms over Ramallah. They ought to. But they won't. But some settlements and outposts could be surrendered. And we could have a viable Palestinian state. Am I dreaming? How to get people like Abu Mazin? I mean, Abu Mazin, get him out of bed would be an achievement. Was he go to the office an hour a day, if that? Abu Mazin, bless your cotton socks, you poor old dinosaur. People of Palestine deserve better than you. But there, we won't allow them elections. So they lumber, don't they? Where are things going in the aftermath of this war, this heinous destruction? Well, it's a wake-up call for President Biden and the world, and I think there will be an opportunity now, especially given the Arab Israelis have started to vote in the Knesset elections, and we will see a fifth election in Israel this year, because because nobody can form a government as things stand. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to see the peace process back center stage. And isn't that exciting? There is no problem without a gift in its hand. There is no cloud without a silver lining. Well, I suppose there are clouds without silver linings, but this one has one. Carpe diem sees the day. The peace process is on the agenda now, now, now. Time for all good women and all good men of conscience, and I appreciate there aren't that many of them, to stand up and be counted and campaign in any which way you can. Write your congressman, write your member of parliament, whatever opportunity you have to promote the reinvigoration of a Middle East peace process now in the aftermath of this nasty little war, because we need it, because the Palestinian people need it, and for goodness sake, the children of Israel need it. It's not just the children of Palestine, it's the children of Israel. No one is immune to fear. We need to settle this matter. It's dragged on long enough, and in the name of God, time for it to end. Peace now. God bless us all.